0: Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Happy Friday to you. All the world's a stage. And right now, so is Forest Park. On Wednesday evening, the St. Louis Shakespeare Festival and about a dozen other local arts organizations launched an enchanting and socially distant extravaganza there. It's called a late summer night stroll. And yes, that is a nod to a midsummer night's dream. A traditional Shakespeare in the Park wasn't possible this year due to COVID-19, and so Shakespeare in the Park has taken walking tour form. Earlier this week, small groups of pre-registered Masked attendees made their way through beautiful archways and open air performances. Our producer Evie Hempel was there to take it all in. So let's listen to some highlights, starting with the Kendrick Smith Quartet performing their brand new piece, Entanglement Tango.
1: Saxophonist Kendrick Smith and his jazz quartet. Tonight's audience is an unusual one. Three humans, plus a chorus of buzzing bugs as early evening turns to dusk. Smith composed the piece just for this event, and the way he describes it, it's right in keeping with the theme of A Midsummer Night's Dream. The two,
2: the two lovers have ended up falling in love with the same woman so they're in an entangled relationship right now and so it sounds, the melody is supposed to sound really crazy like that and then there's another section where you kind of hear the puck putting everybody to sleep so yeah it's supposed to kind of capture that feel.
1: The quartet is just one of more than a dozen open-air performances that comprise a late summer night stroll in Forest Park. And the first stop along the tour is a familiar one. As a group of attendees carefully gather in Shakespeare Glen, a short drama gets underway. The four teens on the grassy stage are stationed far apart in this case, and in various states of costume. They project their voices. Our nuptial hour approaches, four happy days will quickly bring in a new moon, but oh, thinks how slow this old moon wanes. Happy be, Theseus, our renowned duke. What's the news with thee? Full of vexation
3: come I with complaints against my child, my daughter Hermia.
1: We are doing uh, a little, the first scene from Midsummer, and um, it's to get the people a sense of what's like Of what the story is before sending him into like opera and all these like crazy stuff. That's Elena Perietti who is in the scene along with three other teens including Archer Magrosso. We are the Shakespeare Squadron which is the festivals teen acting ensemble. (laughs) So we have a year-round program that uh, does acting and master classes and a bunch of things and we usually perform the green show at the park but since this time we didn't get to do that, they still wanted us to be involved, so we are opening the stroll. Moving along from this scene, it's a few hundred yards further that the sound of a solo voice starts to break through the hum of the outdoor setting. She stands far away from the goers on the other side of a creek.
3: Some lady started singing opera, and I got scared for a second. I was like, whoa, (laughs) what's going on? But, I mean, it's pretty
1: neat. That's Bayan Salem who paid a visit to the nearby art museum along with Fatma El-Walid that afternoon. They happened to be walking near a performance when they heard music wafting toward them. Like, we heard jazz music earlier. That was pretty cool. And then we sat down and we heard opera, and we were like, oh, this is... This is very neat. <laughs> nice stroll. <laughs> Fellow attendee Anthony Kramer pointed out that it was perfect weather for such activity, and gave him a nice feeling of familiarity.
3: Just you know, I've always been a big fan of Shakespeare in the Park, so it's uh, great to kind of like return to that kind of sense of normalcy to get to do that again. And it's great that they've like refashioned the show, retooled it to this uh, like kind of interactive uh, tour walkthrough experience. Yeah, and it's a great way to kind of get around the COVID problem.
1: Brian McKinley and Christina Yancey are among the actors and other artists who have come together creatively to put this unusual show on. They're both with the Black Rep.
3: We'll be acting Act 2, Scene 2 from A Midsummer Night's Dream.
1: So basically we are putting on Shakespeare in the Park. It's just a different way of doing it.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) So uh, Queen Titania is um, giving her elves and her fairies some duties before she goes to sleep, and they normally sing her to sleep. And so they sing her a song to sleep, which is performed by Amber Rose, and piano by Charles Kreth. And I fall asleep under the tree, and Oberon comes and puts a spell on me to fall in love with whomever I see first, no matter how unpleasant or beautiful or hideous he is. Come, now a roundel and a fairy song. Then, for the third part of a minute hence, In another scene at a different stop along the stroll, local actors Allison Moser and Keating present an off-kilter interpretation of preparations for the play within the Shakespeare play. Well, Snout, you have been nominated to be our wall deputy. What's that? It's Snout's job to make sure that we maintain a proper social distance during all rehearsals and performance, except today I guess. Let me play the wall. I'll robe myself in brick and mortar and keep everyone safe. No, Snout will play the wall, and I will play the uh, lion's part. Let me play the lion, too. I I can roar. I will roar that it will do any man's heart good to hear me roar. I will roar that it will make the Duke say, Let him roar again! Like this.
0: And those are just a few highlights gathered by producer Evie Hemphill from A Late Summer night Stroll. It runs now through September 6th in Forest Park. And joining us today to tell us more about it is Tom Ridgely. He's the producing artistic director for St. Louis Shakespeare Festival. Tom, welcome to the show.
3: Hi, Sarah. It's great to be here.
0: So, Tom, this is definitely something different for St. Louis Shakespeare Festival. How does this walking tour and the various elements that that people on it see play off of a Midsummer Night's Dream?
3: Well, we just sort of divided the play up into 14 different moments and started reaching out to different organizations around town and asking if they would be interested and willing and, and, and taking one of them on. So, You as you heard in the piece, which is wonderful, you you might see an opera interpretation or hear an opera interpretation, a a dance version, a a theatrical one, a a jazz one. Um, And so it couldn't have happened without a lot of other arts organizations in town jumping on board and bringing what they do best to the equation.
0: Now, you went this route in part because the union that represents the actors you'd normally use for these shows, that's Actors' Equity, they had pushed back on the safety plan for an outdoor stage play. What would it have taken to get on the same page for something more traditional?
3: Uh, Vaccine, I think. I mean, to be honest, it's just, you know, they're 100 percent right. It isn't yet and won't be safe to gather companies of actors together the way you usually do. It means bringing 20 people into a room and in very close proximity and, Mm -hmm. you know, speaking passionately. And and, and there's a lot of breath moving around that space. And so uh, we're just not anywhere near there right now. Um, So even if you could uh, spread
0: out the audience, there was just no way to get the performers far enough from each other.
3: It would really boil down to that, Sarah. Yeah, we you know we had plans that we thought would be reasonably safe for the audience, um, but just didn't see how it could be done um, with a company of actors. But with smaller groups that are or, or, or solo artists or, or groups that are already working together and, and figure it out safe ways to do that. Um, you know, instead of having a lot of rehearsals with a lot of people, uh, we could just have sort of one rehearsal with a lot of groups spread out over a great distance and 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 that 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 felt doable.
0: I loved Evie's description of, I think it was the opera singer how she was on the other side of a creek, and that was how she was able to be distanced. Did you have other creative ways of, of dealing with this um, this need to get people both apart from other performers and to get them apart from the audience.
3: Well yeah that's an example of extreme social distancing there. Rushing water. Uh, and, yeah. Rushing water. And, and she's w- way away. And I remember I asked, I said, do you think they'll be able to hear you from way over there? And she just laughed at me and ran <laughs> around the Creek and started singing from the other side. And, yeah, you can hear uh, all over Forest Park. You know, luckily, Sarah, there's plenty of room to spread out. Um, So, you know, these are very small groups. As I said, one, two, four, I think, is the biggest. And uh, they're well off the paths and well away from each other. Um, And having a big, beautiful, open park like the one we have here in St. Louis allows us to do that.
0: What sort of guidelines did you have to put in place for audience members? Are you trying to also keep them separate from each other?
3: Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, that's, the most important thing and so obviously masks are required um, uh, reservations are required and, and and only one group can sign up at a time mm. and, and you know the idea is that it's just you and your households um, so it's it's you're not being placed with anyone that you're not already uh, you know in really close proximity with and they leave 10 minutes apart so that gives everyone a good head start and, and, and keeps things nicely spread out.
0: Hmm. So a really special component of this are the art installations. These were done by Painted Black STL. Um, and also joining us today to talk about that part of this unique show is Javen Solomon. He is the co-founder of Painted Black STL. Javen, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, Sarah. Thanks for having me.
0: So, Javen, I want to talk about the black artist whose work is featured as sort of the set for this walking show. But let's take a quick step back. How did Painted Black STL get started in the first place?
2: Sure. So Painted Black STL got started uh, with my uh, a friend of mine, and I actually started it shortly after the, the killing of George Floyd a couple of months ago. So we started early June uh, with the intent of you know, gathering donations to pay for black artists, uh, painting materials, as well as, you know, their services to paint up boarded windows. And (laughs) a couple months later, we've done all sorts of windows and have engaged with all sorts of folks.
0: And in addition to the windows, you've now done this work for the Shakespeare Festival. How did that end up coming about?
2: Uh, You know, we we wonder the same thing sometimes. Uh, So we, uh, the Shakespeare Festival folks actually reached out to us um, and, you know, said that they wanted to work together and we were happy to join in. A few of us have been to Shakespeare in the Park several times, we love it, so we were happy to, you know, take part in this process.
0: And so each of these art installations, I guess you had 14 different artists working on these. Um, each installation is a small version of the Gateway Arch. They go in many different directions from there. Uh, Javen, what's an example of what someone has done with this arch format um, there in Forest Park?
2: Oh, goodness. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting to, to think about that because every, each artist has done so many... You know, there's so many unique things that have been done. So, for example, I believe at stop or at arch number three along the path, there's actually a full composition uh, wrapping around uh, the the entire arch, which sort of forces you to move around this piece as there is actually a a performance going on at the same time. So it really Mm -hmm. helps ground you in the experience.
0: Tom, do you have a favorite of these arches?
3: It's hard to choose but I, I think the one that Javins describing is up there um, uh, it's at the fourth stop it's a be or it, if it's not the same one the one I'm thinking of is is just a yeah really beautiful depiction of Oberon and Titania and Puck um, that's just really vivid and 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 exciting and scary and and it, and, it, and it and it wraps all the way around um, it's a beautiful one there's also one at the very end that's second to last Um by a fellow named Brock Seals. It's very abstract. It's just some geometric patterns, but they're they're in two different colors and they sort of, it represents the wedding between Theseus and Hippolyta and also the lovers that have been at odds throughout the play. And so it's this sort of coming together of two different worlds or two different sides or, or you know, just two different people. Um, and it's right there on one of the bridges that goes over the canal that leads into the Grand Basin. And and it's just gorgeous. And I have to say, there is, as Javen was saying, like such an incredible variety among the fourteen. Individually, they're all beautiful, but but taken together, it, seeing them in person is is really breathtaking.
0: And Javen, do mm-hmm. all of these play off of *A Midsummer Night's Dream*, or do do some of them go in in much further afield directions?
2: Yeah, so it's it's much more. You know, each we essentially worked with. Uh, Shakespeare Festival to, you know, they they gave us 14 scenes or, or it stops and they said, hey, you know, this is this scene and this is, you know, they gave us sort of a keyword that boils down the the vibe of the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we basically gave this information to the artists, to each of the artists, and they interpreted it, you know, directly from the information we gave them. Mm-hmm.
0: So, Tom, in addition to being the staging grounds for this very unusual show you're doing, Forest Park is still very much a park that people are interacting with on a daily basis, jogging through it, biking through it. What kind of feedback have you gotten from just random people um, who stumble upon these arches?
3: Uh, It's amazing. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll be walking the course and you'll hear some people who maybe have been aware of it and, you know, just talking amongst themselves, mentioning something like, oh, yeah, I think... The Shakespeare Festival is doing something here and then you'll see other people that you can tell are totally surprised and taken aback by what they've stumbled on because it is so the color against the backdrop of the park is just so uh, just pops in a way that's so exciting it just mm-hmm. kind of stops you in your tracks so um, we've tried to help people find a way into it by by putting an, a label on each arch that has the name of the artist and also a QR code that people can scan and hear an excerpt from the play and a piece of music that was either inspired by the play or is thematically related to the play. And uh, so even if you haven't signed up for one of the scheduled walks, you can still have uh, you know, a, a pretty full experience on your own just going through and and finding what you find.
0: Hmm, So you can sort of um, uh, do a self-guided tour. It doesn't have to be during an evening where you're having a performance.
3: Absolutely, yeah. Our our walks are running Tuesday through Sunday 5 to 9, but any other time that the park is open, uh, you know, people are absolutely free and encouraged to go and you can start at the beginning and go through all of it or you can just, you know, sample one or two on your way wherever you happen to be heading.
0: Hmm. So, Javen, our producer thought these arches looked great, um, actually. She was a fan of them. Uh, and she was wondering, is there a, a plan for where they're going to go after the walking tours close? Is there a chance we could keep them up in Forest Park, like the gates that were in Central Park, uh, you know, that art installation there? Has anyone talked about that?
2: Well, we've, we started to joke about it when we first saw everything uh, up, you know, sort of earlier this week, and we thought, oh, this should be real. And then we In that same conversation we said you know what these should be real so we we've we've talked amongst ourselves about it uh but we we haven't you know reached out to forrest park or anything about it just yet but you know speaking for myself i definitely think you know we should see about keeping something resembling those up maybe not um you know the the materials a little different than than something that needs to be more long term, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it, it's
0: it might not be meant to uh, it might not make sense as a permanent installation, but I do kind of love yeah. that idea.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, it looks awesome. Uh, we we we've walked you know around a few times just to take a look at how folks are interacting with it, and it just it really feels. All of these arches just feel so well in the space. Uh, Tom mentioned how the color really pops against the background, and I 100% agree. Uh, it feels like those really should have been there the entire time, you know, mm-hmm. along that path. So, yeah, we'd, we'd love to see that.
0: So Tom bigger picture I, I need to ask you about this I know that when um, when you guys announced that you had to cancel the Shakespeare in the park that we're all familiar with and go this different route instead um, there was some concern about how this would affect your bottom line that's obviously a, a huge part of how you make your budget make sense um, how are you guys doing as an organization right now
3: Thanks for asking Sarah uh, you know I uh, I'm happy to say that we're that we're doing, as well as can be expected, we're extremely fortunate um, that we have an amazing core of supporters. Uh, you know, our board of directors is incredible, and there's just a lot of people in St. Louis who care about the festival. You know, I think who we'll understand what it means to be able to have, you know, world-class free Shakespeare in the park every summer. So, um, you know, our budget doesn't look like we thought it would look at the beginning of this year, um, but we're, we're, we're weathering it well and, uh, and excited to get back to... So whatever the new normal is once we're on the other side.
0: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that it would pretty much take a vaccine for Actors' Equity to be on board with a traditional performance. Are you guys tentatively even starting to think about next summer or are you almost afraid to go there at this point?
3: Well, I think everything has to be tentative at this point. Um, but we, of course, hope that we can do our regular Shakespeare in the Park production next year. And we're moving forward uh, as if that will be possible, recognizing that it won't ultimately be up to us. Yes.
0: Well, in the meantime, you have this wonderful production. And I must say, it's, it's great to see that when you couldn't work with the actors you would normally work with or do things the traditional way that so many other arts organizations answered the call. And um, some of the people that our producer spoke with on the Wednesday mentioned just how impressed they were that everybody came together on this. Has it been encouraging to see that so many local artists were willing to step in on this?
3: It has been. And I think it speaks to the strength and, and the solidarity of, of the arts community in St. Louis um, to have mm. To be able to go and, and, and not only see these beautiful 12 arches by local artists, but also, uh, you know, to see performances by opera theater and, and jazz and Big Muddy and, 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 and the jewels of, of, our, of our cultural scene is, is just a gift. And so we're extremely grateful to all of them. As, as we have been to Javen and, and all the painted black artists.
0: And I understand in addition to these adult actors, you also have a Shakespeare squadron of, of teen actors. How do they fit into all this?
3: Well, every year what people are used to who come to Shakespeare in the park is a, a little mini play that is sort of the the main stage production in, that's done in about 20, 25 minutes by, by our teen acting ensemble, the Shakespeare squadron. So that happens about an hour before showtime, and a lot of people show up early for that. and sort of the first event of the evening, and so we thought, since they had already found a great way to sort of socially distance their summer camp this summer, um, that we would offer them the opportunity to, to kick off the whole experience. And they jumped at it and they do it wonderfully. And so we're really happy that that, that tradition has, has endured this year in spite of it all.
0: So there's at least one tradition. And I guess the other tradition is we still have Shakespeare in Forest Park.
3: It, we do. We do.
0: So the evening open air performance time slots, I understand they're they're pretty much full right now, um, but there is a wait list. People can find that at stlshakes.org if people want to get on that wait list there. And Tom, if somebody really wants to check this thing out and they can't get a spot on this wait list, would it be OK to lurk in the bushes far from <laughs> the signed up audience members and maybe be able to hear this opera singing from another six feet past the people that are standing more than six feet away or is that strongly discouraged uh
3: it's a public park and 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 lots of people uh are enjoying it uh you know who haven't necessarily signed up so we certainly don't encourage crowds but uh you know if you're there enjoying forest park uh and you get a little something extra then, then then that's all all fine by us
0: so you hear, heard it here first it is fine by them if you want to lurk in the bushes just make sure you're staying far away <laughs> <laughs> and maybe make it clear you're not a danger uh so Tom Ridgely I, I wear a mask <laughs> <laughs> yes wear your mask even if you're in the bushes <laughs> well Tom Ridgely of St. Louis Shakespeare Festival I want to thank you so much for joining us today
3: thank you Sarah for having us
0: and Javen Solomon uh, co-founder of Painted Black STL uh, thank you so much for joining us
3: Yeah,
2: thank you.
0: This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU.